Hello, and welcome to St. Paul's United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Mike Agnew, and it's great to have you listening to our sermons. If you do not have a church home currently and you're looking for one, uh, you can find out more about St. Paul's United Methodist Church by going to our website, www.cherokeemethodist.com. Now, today we are continuing our look at what it is that makes us unique as United Methodists. You know, wherever you are, there are a lot of churches around. There are several choices that you could choose. So why Methodist? What makes us unique? So far, we've taken a look at John Wesley's life, the founder of the Methodist movement. We've looked at how our faith is a religion of the head and the heart, meaning the intellect and the emotions. We've taken a look at how we have a healthy balance between personal and social holiness. And along the way, we have taken a look at what we call the Wesleyan quadrilateral, which is the belief that we interpret Scripture using reason, tradition, and experience as our helps. So today we're going to conclude our look at the United Methodist Church by taking a look at the at grace. Grace and also some of the methodology behind the Methodist Church. You know, if you were listening in on the sermon about John Wesley, then you know that he was very methodical about the way he did things. When he got together with his group and they would visit the sick and help out the poor and visit those in prison, read, study, read the Bible, worship, receive the communion, on and on and on. But he was very methodical about the way he did it. And so people would call them Methodists, and the name obviously stuck. But one of the things that he was really known for, and really when the Methodist revival spread throughout England and then America, the backbone of the movement, the glue of the movement, so to speak, consisted of what we would call today small groups, but back then they called them classes. You see, when John would preach to people, because it got to the point to where he was not invited to preach in churches anymore, and so we would preach outside where the workers were. And people would listen to him and they would respond, and then he would organize them into large groups called societies. You know, this could be a group almost the size of a small church. And then he also divided them up into smaller groups called classes and even smaller groups called bands. Now, the smallest of the groups, the bands, were usually all men or all women, and they would, it wasn't a large group, it was like six to eight people, and they would get together and they would hold one another accountable to the faith by asking very deep questions about accountability and sin. You have to trust one another in a band. Now, being in a band was not required being in a class was. Now, a class is a slightly larger group, anywhere from 7 to 12 people, and sometimes a little bit up to 20, but not usually. And a class where people who were in societies, they'd be assigned to a class. Now, when we think of the word class, we typically think of Sunday school or education, but the goal of this was not education. The goal was, again, accountability and helping people grow in their faith. So at a typical class meeting... There would be a class leader. Each class has a class leader. And the class leader would have pastoral authority over this group of people. And so when someone in the group was sick, the class leader would visit them. Uh, the class leader would report to the pastor of the church whenever there was a need for more pastoral care or follow-up from the pastor. But the class leader himself had a lot of pastoral authority. 
And so a typical meeting, they would open up with some hymn singing and a prayer. And then it always started with the leader first. And the leader would share about his life from the past week since they'd met last and would share things that he's struggling with. And then they'd go around the room and they'd, everybody else would do the same. And the idea is that they would encourage one another with positive accountability to continue spurring one another on to Christian growth. And as I said, this is the backbone of the church. I mean, these class meetings, they didn't have curriculum. Again, it wasn't about education. It was about spiritual growth, accountability, encouragement. And and this is what caused the Methodist movement to spread. Now, if you are involved in a Methodist church, then you know, of course, that we don't have this anymore. We don't have classes. So what happened? Well, a number of things. First of all, in America, the Methodist movement became a church. It became its own institution. And so there were more institutional concerns to deal with. In addition, as America settled, pastors settled. And and so whereas in the past a church might see their pastor once every month to six weeks, now all of a sudden they have a pastor who's living there. And so there wasn't as much of a need for class leaders anymore. And so eventually, these classes faded out, and they were replaced with Sunday school. Now, Sunday school is, we know what Sunday school is. It's much more of an educational component, less accountability, more education. Now, some people would say that uh, we lost a vital part of our spirituality when we lost the class meeting. And... You know, some people might think that that's so, and I could see that, but we are seeing somewhat of a revival. Now, I should note that there are some African, South African traditions who never did away with the class meetings. And then there are some renewals. You know, there are some people who are trying to get some class meetings going again. They don't call them class meetings. They call them covenant discipleship groups. It's very similar, though updated for today. And probably... Just about every church lately has seen a resurgence in what they call simply small groups, which is a group of people who meet together. Maybe it's educational sometimes. Maybe they have curriculum sometimes, maybe not. But they get together and they share life with one another. And so they have a little mini community within the church. And I think that these are all valid ways to continue the tradition. All right. Switching gears a bit, I would like to talk about grace. As I said, one of the main things about the United Methodist Church that we emphasize is grace. Now, grace is like forgiveness. It's undeserved. It's not something we can earn. It is just given to us. Grace is a gift. And we believe that God's grace envelops a person at every stage of life. So, for instance, when somebody is first born and in their younger years, sometimes even into adulthood, before they know that they need God. God is already at work in their life, wooing them, bringing them closer to him in what we call prevenient grace, pre-meaning before. Prevenient grace, meaning that God is working in you already. It could be through uh, individuals, Sunday school teachers, parents, pastors, anyone. But maybe you can look back on your life and you can see how God was working in the midst of your life to set a foundation 
And God's prevenient grace brings us to that point to where we are ready to make a decision to own the faith for ourselves. And when we do that, when we make a decision to follow Christ ourselves, we are justified of our sins. In other words, we're made right with God, or we discover that God loves us and forgives us. And we call this justifying grace, right? But after that, we're not done. You know, when, it, when a baby is born, they're not done, right? They're just beginning. And so we expect that a baby's going to grow in the coming years. And in the same way, when, when we're born again, when we become a Christian, when we give our lives to Christ, we're not done. We're just starting out. And so we want to grow in our faith and become more like Jesus and grow closer to Jesus. And this is called sanctification, or as we like to say, spiritual growth. And we believe that God is working with us in this process of spiritual growth, and we call it sanctifying grace. And so, you know, we're not in this alone. As we grow in our faith, as we seek to become like Jesus, we're not in this alone. God is working in us through the Holy Spirit. But at the same time, we don't want to be lazy because this is not going to happen if we don't do anything. We want to engage in the spiritual disciplines. We want to do the things that we need to do because spiritual growth primarily doesn't happen in worship. It can happen in worship, but worship alone is not going to be sufficient. We need to work on our sanctification or spiritual growth because even though the Spirit's working in us, it's kind of like teamwork. You have a part to play. The Holy Spirit has a part to play. Working together, great things happen. But any stage in life, it is surrounded by and inspired by God's grace. So there you have it. We, you know, we haven't uh, had enough time to necessarily go into every aspect of what makes us unique as United Methodists, but hopefully in the last several weeks you have found some things that maybe you knew already and it's a good reminder, or maybe it's something that you learned about for the first time. But in any case, uh, these are things that make us unique as United Methodists. Again, are we a perfect church? Hardly. Hardly, but nonetheless, we are here. And if you do not currently have a church home, I, I'd invite you to consider St. Paul's United Methodist Church. I'd be honored to be your pastor. If you end up going somewhere else, that's okay too. And I think that as different denominations, we can learn from one another. We can learn from what we emphasize because we all emphasize different things, and that's good. But as United Methodists, I, I think that we have something to offer the world. As United Methodists, we believe that grace is at every step of the way in our spiritual faith. We believe that we interpret Scripture through reason, experience, tradition. Uh, we believe that ours is a head a religion of the head and the heart, and we believe that these things make us uh, a great church to belong to. So uh, if you don't already belong, consider joining us, and if you do, uh, be proud of the fact that you are a United Methodist, and we are a, just one part of the larger family tree, but we are glad to be a part of this Methodist tradition. Amen. God bless and have a great week.